Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is The Material Podcast, episode number 333. That's right. We filmed this and or whatever, recorded. We recorded this on 11, 11, 21. I was hoping to say 11, 11, 11, but we did not go back in time and said we are here in the present. That is 2021. I'm your host, Florence Ion. I'm joined here by our other host, Andy Anako. Thank you, Andy. Hello, Andy. This How are is you, Andy? one hell of a numerologist's like nightmare. I don't know well, what hoary hmm. hell of the netherworld we're going to conjure up because not only are they all it's so it's half the, the mark of Satan. So we'll get like imagine <laughs> like Satan, mar- okay, son of Satan, married someone who's actually pretty good and had a kid. So the kid would have three 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 engraved on their forehead. So it's that kid. So it's, so it's not only but it's three threes also. You're, the the eleven mm-hmm. eleven passed me by, but twenty one. Well, you add two to one, and you get what three? Okay, this is how so people go insane. Hold on, let's bring this back around here to a positive place. So, a very quick duck duck go search of <laughs> the number three in numerology reveals that number three has a meaning of clear representation of a person with a lot of them a lot of empathy towards others, making everyone's day around them happy, as well as being incredibly helpful, affectionate, communicative, friendly, talented, and altruistic. And I would say that that describes the material podcast and its hosts to an absolute T. That's very good. I hope, and I hope our listeners agree. And I don't, I, I hope I wasn't putting out bad vibes. I am an optimist. I was not describing this hypothetical child as half Satan, but as half good. I mean, if, you really want to know where we are right are right now? <laughs> we'll take There's some activity good. going on in Mars that uh, has been very intense for a lot of us. So those of us having an intense week, solidarity, it's happening all around. Also, also, you know, if you if you want another view on on astrology or or, or you know, the stars, the ISS is now like doing like an emergency maneuver because there's a piece of Chinese space junk that is going to be within like 600 meters of it. So they decide let's get out a little bit. Everyone's is that having for real? a tough week, okay? Everybody. Is that really happening? Yes. And and worse, <laughs> uh, so uh, China has been testing a lot of satellites oh, yeah. that have some Two days ago. some odd features. Of, like uh, starting three years ago, they started uh, putting up into space satellites that can interact with and move around other satellites like the spacecraft that have like grappling arms to them and apparently this piece of space junk is related to a test they did a couple years ago that of course china is not going to say exactly what the purpose of this test was but space and military experts are saying oh this is their this this is consistent with the idea that they put that other spacecraft up two years ago with a companion target object to see how easily they could like break apart a satellite so this is rumored to be a piece of set of space junk that came from that previous test that is fascinating there is a lot going on up there guys <laughs> it's it's, it's a space is a groovy place but it's, it's not it's not just captain kirk spending you know three minutes in zero gravity with bezos on mars yeah I don't want to talk about Captain Kirk. As far as I'm concerned, he's a traitor to me. So that's that's where I'm going with that. Thank you very much. Feel free to send any and all angry emails to materialpodcasts at gmail.com. No, I think go ahead. I, I think if if there were any supporters of Jeff Bezos, I think having solidarity with the uh, William Shatner is a jerk movement 
absolutely at least counteracted it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to this day, I still can't watch Rescue Nine One One just because Shatner <laughs> is hosting it. I uh, now this has been a this has been a really slow week, and yeah. <laughs> I had tweeted earlier today that we were going to do a cozy podcast tonight. I don't know if that's quite what we're feeling. I was feeling that this morning when it was dark out and it's it's dark now, but you know, it's a different kind of darkness. It's an expected darkness versus the daylight savings darkness, which um I we're all suffering I think from that as well this week. It is it is a bummer. The the I was I've been trying to be optimistic about it because uh, yeah, it is. I, I do have the sort of lifestyle where it's not as though I'm up at 5 a.m. anyway. So even like on the longest day of the year, I'm wasting at least three or four hours of sunlight by still being asleep and sleeping until like nine. So when you when you take that lifestyle, you say, oh, by the way, you only have like a f- seven hour window to actually have sunlight on your face. You gotta. So I, I did. I was taking. A, I was taking a walk at around three thirty in the afternoon, and I did have to say to myself, "Oh well, you know, if if this hadn't been daylight savings time, the sun wouldn't be quite as low in the sky right mm-hmm. now, and it wouldn't be backlighting these leaves so nicely, then enticing me to stop and take some like uh, uh, take some Pixel Six photos using the long exposure mode." I was saying, okay. That'll that'll get me through the next twenty minutes, but in twenty one minutes I'll still be sad that it's all dark and stuff. Mm. I, I had I had to do that. I had to do that annual tradition of okay, I'm gonna have to get that take that safety yellow reflective like elastic belt out of out of the drawer where it stays in and put it back on the the yellow stripe that goes turn it back into the yellow re- reflective stripe on the black of my usual walking around doing shopping on my bike backpack. And that's usually for me one of the signs of, yeah, we're <laughs> we're, we're entering the dark ages. Mm, the dark ages. That's right. It's that time of the year where we all go into hibernation, <laughs> deep within ourselves, maybe deep within the mattress and the covers on your bed. That's nice. Ah, uh, yes, it's, it does it's cozy nice. time. It's this. It's it's like uh, the again it's, this isn't the easiest house in the world to keep warm because of old huge windows but mm-hmm. the benefit of that is that it means that like my bottom sheet is a comforter my top sheet there's another comforter on top and i'm usually wearing like flannel jammies and wool socks and that combined with the fact that the the other sign of of like winter coming is that i reestablish the tea service on my nightstand the, the electric cuddle the water right. bottle like so that means that like i almost i am like a a children's book like teddy bear or something. I was going to uh-huh. ba- bear is the most apt analogy, but the bear would probably be hibernating. You are some animal, some animal character that is getting ready for bed at night. Like exactly, with sleeping sleeping cap. You would and, like, totally be a badger. Right. I could totally see you being a badger. That would be a great show title. I'm not going to necessarily advocate for it because I'm not sure if it makes me look very good or not. But that would be a very very apt show title. <laughs> um, Andy, so I know you've been living with your Pixel 6. I do kind of want to hear just like how you've been with your, I think, what are you uh, now in week two going into it? I am hopefully getting my Pixel 6 here soon. I asked for a loaner. It is on its way. So I will finally, I would love for us to like compare notes once I get mine in hand. But I'm just, 
I just wanted to hear a couple thoughts from you, what it's been like. Um, and then, I don't know, let us know, have you gotten those new buds in yet? Well, yeah. I, so next week I'm hosting. So I'll, I'll, I thought that like next week I'll give my, I'll, I'll, next week I will, I will be hosting and will also have completed nearly three weeks of experience with it. Perfect. So I feel as though, the, I feel like the honeymoon period is over. And I will right have now. three days and, hmm? if it gets here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unless you get one of those FedEx exclusives where you open the box and there's just like a, a Pop Tart in there. Because someone, someone, someone of of low morals inside the the supply chain got to it before you did. Ah, uh, yes. Forget the Pixel Six. Here's your chance to do something viral. Oh, it's the it's the birthday because somebody cake stole from you. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so, anyway, sorry. Yeah, so ahead. so I'll I'll, well, I'll talk like at, at length about the Pixel Six itself next week. I've been having a yes. lot of fun about it. If you've been following my Instagram, I've been putting a lot mm-hmm. of pictures from the Pixel Six up there. So I, I can I can give you a sneak preview and say that it's definitely fulfilling one of its primary mandates, which is. I want a good camera and I want a camera that's really, really fun to take pictures with. And it is both of those. The good, the, but uh, I did get my Pixel Buds just a couple of days ago. This was a good, good, good on Google. They recognized that a lot of people had a horrible, horrifying problem or even ordering their Pixels on, on launch day. And they might have been so concerned with actually achieving a successful checkout before the thing was backordered until January that they neglected to add their free Pixel Buds to the to their shopping cart. I was one of those people, but they put out like a little like word to the wise. And as promised, I got an email like on November 2nd saying, oh, here, click on this link and just add. A, and here's like a coupon for free Pixel Buds. And uh, so they arrived two days ago. Really, really like them a lot. I don't, I haven't, they, they are the Pixel Buds A. These are the A's. Yeah. Right. The $99 okay. version. So don't, no noise cancellation. No, uh, you, the volume, there's no like, uh, you can tap on the, you can tap on the buds for control, but you can't like swipe for volume control. But I really, really like them. They're smaller than my Sony, like noise can't, like the $300 noise canceling buds. They're not as, they don't sound as good as them, but they do sure, sound great. Yeah. And the thing that I like about them, probably more than any other in-ear earbuds that I've tried so far, is that, man alive, those things will stay in because it's uh, it uh, has a silicone tip that goes right to the canal. So already has a good seal, so that'll give you a good sound. But it also has that style of earbud where there's also sort of like a silicone uh, little like tail that sort of like snugs into one of the folds of like your ear. hooks in kind exactly. of. Exactly. So yeah. I can't I can't even feel them, but they're not coming off. Also, unlike the uh, unlike the Sony's which are bulkier so they sit outside your ear a little bit mm-hmm. more, and unlike the uh, the AirPods which have those tails that stick out, I can easily like unhook uh, a mask from my ears and put them back on again without knocking one of these things off. That it's, yeah. is that is a true test right there because yeah. I have having that issue with earbuds myself even with the little galaxy buds too I've had that happen a couple times uh it's rough it's rough right now to be you know a commuter who has to like put on all these things on your face and around your head well especially um. <laughs> especially like if you're uh, my my fear is like I'll be uh, like waiting for waiting for my, a subway on the on the T or uh, in New York and once you knock one of those things like off onto a subway floor, it's like, how much do I really want to put that back in my ear? So yeah. it really, is, it really is important that you keep control at all times. But the the other nice thing is that um, I'm a when it comes to augmented reality, 
I'm a really big fan of audio augmented reality, where I, I think that the entire industry is missing a trick here, where mm. the ability of if you just have one earbud in through which you can say, I, I, just like when I was uh, trying out Google Glass for the first time, just pick them up in New York City. I walked back to my hotel through Central Park. And I was like taking notes were coming to my mind. I was saying, hey, you know, take a note and would save to Evernote. And I'd see like a confirmation of the little glass screen. All of that can be done just by tapping and holding mm-hmm. the side of a, of a pixel bud and saying, hey, hey, Shlo, hey, hey, Guillermo, take a note and just get, it'll give me the confirmation tap. And great. OK, I've taken that note. I can now keep going with, without having to take my, my phone out of my pocket or anything. And not only is it comfortable t- enough to wear for, I wear them for three hours before I took them out, uh, but I can keep one bud in, wear them for hours and hours. And also you really have to look at me from the side to really know that I'm wearing an earbud. Yes. Yes. The mutton chops help. Okay. Yes. Anything can be hidden behind this shrubbery. But the thing is, I think what we're looking for in wearable technology is we don't want to deceive people into believing that no 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 i don't have any sort of electronic uh, assistive device that's uh, that i'm using to like get my, get me information without having to pretend as though uh i'm i'm without having to uh, obviously get it off my phone however if you're looking at if you're looking at me you will see it it's just it's not going to be a burden to our face to face conversation uh, so it's there. You can see it. You know what's going on. However, you're not interacting with me through this pair of headphones and this microphone that's in front of my mouth. So I, I'm so I'm I'm really I'm really really keen on these things. I'll, I'll wear them for a longer time before I say anything or write anything officially about them. But yeah, f- especially for ninety nine dollars, I think these are just terrific. They're uh, they're they're way beyond what I thought they would be and. They're, they've got they've got me I've I've had my heart broken by the by fully wireless earbuds at least twice again I know that I know that my AirPods are somewhere inside this house all I, <laughs> all I can find are the case so I'm saving them for that day when Jesus decides that it's okay for me to have these AirPods again uh, I I lost I thought I'd put one of my those two uh, Sony really nice earbuds through the wash or more specifically I it had fallen out when I was taking a mask off so I hurriedly stuck it in my shirt pockets because I was there was an overlapping action going on and I just couldn't like put it in them I was couldn't find I couldn't find it and I was absolutely certain that ah damn it I bet what happened was that I just put that in the I, I gave it to the laundry service and it came back and there wasn't in there so it just got lost in the laundry service it wasn't until the, the previous four or five months of like deep deep cleaning that i finally found it it must have bounced into like some far corner under a bookcase so now i have both of them back so i've basically i've taught myself that i don't lead the sort of lifestyle where it's easy for me to keep track of wireless earbuds i'm willing i'm ready to as barry manilow once sang so impeccably i'm ready to take a chance again ready to put my love on the line for you pixel earbuds series a pixel buds a wow 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 you only have to spend 100 bucks probably good for folks to know too just because i know we're talking about holiday shopping season right now (laughs) I will say that there is one really great problem associated with uh, my, uh, my my purchase. A, I, I got the free Pixel Buds. That's not a problem at all. That's another 100% upside. The other quote problem, unquote, was that uh, I did. This is the most expensive phone I have 
ever bought. I was it only really just hit me during my walk yesterday. It is the mm. only time I have ever like bought a phone, even you know a a, a premium top tier phone. I usually get like the wow. cheap version of the best of the best or the second best version of this phone. I have never said. You know what? Give me the there. There's a pro version. Give me the pro version. Oh, what's the pro version with the greatest amount of storage? Great. Give me the greatest amount of storage. Just confirm to me that it's not possible for me to give you any more money than I am already agreeing to give you for this, and that's what I'll do. So the the, the great thing about buying directly from Google is that you get ten percent of that that price back immediately in the form of store credit. So I have like $110 in credit that's just waiting in my Google store account. And so I'm kind of trying to f- see uh, they Google has already released their black Friday deals. And yes. part of them is that uh, the uh, mini, are they calling it the Google home mini speakers anymore? The, the, whatever the replaced mini. the standard Google home nest home speakers, whatever they're, the they're nest, not the tiny uh, hockey audio. Pucks. There you go. They're next audio. There you go. So they're big, but they're not as huge as the Google Home Max. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, I could, I could for this amount of money. Oh, sorry. Did I activate? No, I was just going to point. Just they're actually quite well sized. Oh, right. That's how big they are. They're right. not that. I'm, I'm showing Andy on my camera. What I did is I pivoted the camera, but so he could see where I have it placed right. uh, behind me. But they're and the sound that they produce is quite incredible. Yeah. I have to say. So, so I'm, I'm, so I'm looking at this price list. I'm saying, wow, that's a really good discount. Like, so I could like just take my credit, get these, get a kick butt new pair of speakers. Woo! And the sensible dad voice is saying. But you already really have all the speakers that you need. Uh, and, yeah. You know, does Andy, it expire? No, it just stays in your account. So I'm trying to uh, I'm I'm trying to remind myself that we maintain uh, a faith, waiting for Godot, like that. At some point, Google will produce a wearable that I will want to own. That through their oh, inter, through their acquisitions of Fitbit, it won't be hey, it's a Fitbit you mm. can buy through the Google Store. It will be no, no. This is going to be a Pixel branded watch that clearly shows the influence of having the having the Fitbit people on board. It's gonna they're gonna fix the problems with uh, with uh, Wear OS. They're gonna get great hardware. It's gonna be really attractive, and maybe it'll cost like two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars, but you will be able to get that at half price because you have like one hundred and ten dollars in store credit, and. The problem is, I, I I do believe that's going to happen, but it's like, oh dear. But what if it doesn't happen in like the second quarter of 2022? What if it's the end of 2022? And I'm like, dude, we could have had this extra pair of kick butt speakers that sure we would have had no place to put them. But like every no. time we like go get a, a jacket from that walk-in closet, we could have had kick butt tunes in there. Okay. You're right. Listen. I'm wrong. I should have spent that money without thinking. Okay, I understand it's like $60 right now for Nest Audio, but it will be $60 again. Because what I've learned from being a bargain shopper for most of my life, I mean, just last weekend I was at the rack, the Nordstrom rack, waiting in a (laughs) mile and a half uh, long line just to buy a pair of shoes I've been scoping out for weeks now. (laughs) Is that eventually you will get these things for how much they're actually supposed to cost, which my understanding is probably around $60 (laughs) for the Nest Audio. Um, So your time will come, especially next year in 
the second quarter of 2022 when there's supposed to be a bunch of new stuff. And who knows, Andy, maybe you might decide to use your store credit for something smart home like. Yep. You know, we've got a new like the matter protocols coming out next year, which means there's going to be a bunch of new accessories coming out for the smart home for anybody who might get a reignited flame to get that, you know, set up and expanded in their home. I don't know. But the point is, there's always there's always time to spend money again. And if that doesn't expire just yet, why not hold on to it? Yeah. Just for a little bit. I know. I know. It's it, there. There's just something about I'm encouraging fr- you. When, well, no, it's it's just that every time there, the uh, I'm very very vulnerable to the uh, when I I can convince myself that, but it's not even like you're spending any money on this. This is like f- almost free when you come to think about it, and and but no, it isn't because it is it, it's it's real money, real money that can only spend at the Google Store. However, there are things of value that I would like to get in the Google Store as opposed to dude, cool speakers. So that's why. I, and, and and as as I keep telling. Mostly, there's sometimes I tweet things out that are as much uh, guidance for myself as anybody else. And there's uh, Black Friday, I will probably repeat my annual tradition of saying, Now, remember, if you don't actually need this, it doesn't matter if it's 85% off, <laughs> unless you're going to re scalping it to somebody else. It's not a it's not a good value if you don't actually need it. So, don't buy things you don't need. I'm I'm like, I'm I'm engaging in pursuit predator behavior similar to what you did for at Nordstrom for those shoes because I I can't find my really good phone charger like my really good battery bank charger mm. and so I, I I will find just 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 like those uh, AirPods I will find them once I finish cleaning this place however until then I should replace it and actually in the past 2 years since I bought it uh, PD standards, uh, power delivery standards have in- increased and gotten better. So it's probably even timely for me, me to buy a, a good new, like 20,000 uh, 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 milliamp hour battery anyway. So this is, and that's the sort of thing where, oh man, that is absolutely going on sale on Black Friday. So I I was, uh, for my trip to New York, that's that's when I realized I can't find my big battery bank. That's the, t- the time I usually use it is when I'm going to be like out of the out of the house for like two or three days. Because that means that for two or three days, I don't need to find an outlet for my phone ever. And that's when I found out I couldn't find it. I'm like, oh, damn it. Well, let's do the usual thing where if there's something we need, even if we can't get it in time for this reason why we want it, we're looking for it. Order it right now so we have it for the next time. And I had to tell myself, no, Andy, because in three or four weeks' time, that thing you almost spent $70 on is almost certainly going to be $40 because it's an anchor product. And somehow they managed to find a way to cut those prices for, for Black Friday, don't they? Uh, Andy, you just walked through a lot of what's going to be walking through folks' brains in just a few short weeks. So um, <laughs> Godspeed to everybody doing the holiday shopping this year. <laughs> and and with supply chain shortages, no less. Uh, speaking of shortages, a lot of Pixel 6 users have been feeling shorted by that lack of face unlock because the fingerprint unlock just isn't quite working how it's supposed to be. We're going to be talking about that in today's podcast. Uh, we're also going to talk about some new accessibility features from Google that will help people with speech impairments actually train the speech recognition algorithm. Oh, is something new coming from Google's accessibility arm? And then we're going to touch on some unfortunate news for those who were hoping for a Pixelbook remaster. <laughs> 
And no, Henry Cavill is not coming back to be the Pixel Warrior. But he will be back as the Witcher. So. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break. This episode of Material is brought to you by Pingdom from Solar Winds. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers couldn't click that buy button or fill out a trial form? You might stumble across the problem by luck, but that means you've already lost out on new customers. You need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site, and more importantly, when it isn't. So you need Pingdom. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. And for as low as 10 bucks a month, Pingdom helps you keep your sites online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company. You need real-time alerts about critical website issues and customization of how you're alerted, whether it's via SMS, email, or your team's collaboration apps. Pingdom even tracks and analyzes your website's load time so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a website, you need Pingdom. Take charge of monitoring your site in minutes. And go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right. It's only been two weeks since the Pixel 6 has arrived on people's doorsteps, and already there are complaints aplenty. And I am talking about the kind of complaints that you can easily search for on Twitter. Because what I did yesterday, because I was writing, we'll, we'll get to the bit that I was writing about, but I was writing around this topic the other day. So I set a column in my tweet deck. You know, I'm a journalist using journalism tools. So I set a column on my tweet deck to look for complaints. Holy crap. <laughs> it was constantly updating that tweet deck column. I was surprised. You know, I was saying, oh, maybe somebody will like tweet something every, I don't know, 12 to eight hours. Let's see what people were tweeting in the last week and a half. Oh, no. Oh, no. Every couple of minutes, a new tweet would come through of some people begging Google to please Fix the fingerprint sensor. Please, Google, bring back face unlock. And that's what I was researching around. But before we get to that, so the fingerprint scanner has been kind of a uh, little less than how we shall say uh, performing to pe up to people's expectations, let's just say. It's the first under display fingerprint scanner that's been on a Pixel device. It's pretty cool. Mm. Previous versions have had it on the back, which, quite frankly, I felt kind of vibed with everybody's use of a phone. Get it that was, index it, finger it in was there. So, it was so cool that every time you take it out of your pocket, you're just it mm -hmm. becomes second nature. Your finger oh. just finds that little indent. Yep. And by the time, well before you have it up to your, your face, it's already unlocked. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, because the rest of the industry was kind of moving towards that way with the under display fingerprint uh, scanner, I guess the Pixel had to as well. Shrug emoji, not quite sure. But a Twitter user named Ian had complained about their experience to the Made by Google account. And that's where the Google support person replied and said, well, they were signed as Levi. 
They blamed the enhanced security algorithms for why the fingerprint scanner might be seeming a little slower than normal. I, I have to, which, I have to applaud that. That that is like if yeah. if if that person like took a class in positive like PR spin for tech companies, his his or her four professors got in touch and said, "My." God, I feel very, very proud to have trained you to say that Sell someone's it. complaining about a defect <laughs> of your of of your of your company's product, and you're saying that it's not a defect; it's a sign of exactly how good this feature is. It is so secure that it's frustrating the hell out of you. <laughs> Congratulations! Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And the exact quote was: "In some instances, these added protections can take longer to verify or require more direct contact with the sensor, which then again places." A back on the user saying slow down your thumbs why are you moving so fast where do you have to go you get you get we, google forgot we're still living capitalism your, your fingerprints have really really weird loops and don't get me started on the whirls take, uh, take, take your freak thumbprint and take it back to samsung for all we don't need your kind with your <laughs> Maybe uh, we're not we're not saying that the people who are complaining about this are probably like in organized crime and probably like acid uh, burned like their fingerprints off so that they wouldn't be tracked down on outstanding warrants. But that would be one explanation for why they're having problems. I'm just I'm just repeating what other people are saying. I'm not saying it myself. I'm just repeating this, said a oh, spokesperson goodness. who refused to be named. <laughs> goodness. Well, you know, listen, the spokesperson was, or not a spokesperson, the support person, they they did have some backup. There was a Google support page that has some suggestions on how you can get better use out of the fingerprint scanner. It says bright sunlight can mess things up, and which makes sense as the Pixel 6 uses a purely optical sensor. Google advises people to cover the sensor target and press firmly in those particular situations, which I think is where the... Uh, direct contact with the sensor line comes from. There's also a blame on screen protectors that haven't received an official made for Google certification, because again, it's your fault for not buying the $15 screen protector and instead choosing the $7 one. It's your fault. Yes. Uh, yeah. But apart from that, the doc just lists the same stuff that applies to all fingerprint unlock sensors, which is make sure your hands are clean and that the screen is not dirty. Things are not wet. There's no water introduced into the equation. Or you can also come on Twitter and complain some more because it'll keep my tweet that column moving. <laughs> so, yeah. well, this is I have this, it closed right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a, this is this is of course like no matter what kind of fingerprint sensor you're using, even the even the uh, the the, the ultra the, the sonic kind that was on like the old the old pixel phones this mm -hmm. is the season where your your fingerprint reader starts work stops working responsibly because now you, the, the 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 air is like really really dry drying out your skin so there is a, a not a, not an argument to be made but one explanation for why a fingerprint sensor is working suboptimally right now is that yeah your hands are dry as hell it's not mushing it's not mushing against the sensor like it should it's just like flaky and ashing all over it but that's but that's not really the problem it's uh, i'm i'm 
uh, I have to say that the one of the first things that I noticed about the fingerprint sensor was that yeah, it does it is more slow than what I'm used to on my Pixel Four. It's not it is not like the, the Sonic sensors where you just tap it and boom, you're off to the races. I did have to sort of train myself mm. to hold it there for uh some fraction of a moment so, so something something more than an instant less than a moment let's say uh but i i haven't had the sort of reliability problems that a lot of other people have said i have never had a problem where i have to touch the sensor multiple times uh that like uh like this other like uh, ian on uh, on twitter complained which is not to say that that it's that they're doing something wrong it's um the fact that other phones have uh, have uh uh, ultrasonic sensors that don't have these problems other phones that have also in display optical sensors that don't have this problem it means that uh, it's possible if if it's possible that ian uh uh the the way that the if, if the way that his fingerprint was enrolled in the pixels security mode was insufficient that's not a sign that he did it wrong that's a sign that perhaps the way that perhaps the the, the setups the setup system uh, for the pixel is not uh, is 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 not getting a good enough reading it's basically saying, okay you're enrolled you're good when actually no you should probably have the person position their finger like this you should probably change the shape of the target to make to a different to a larger shape or larger larger target there's also an observation that i've come to trust over the years which is that if a technology or a component or a system works it gets copied everywhere if it doesn't work, you'll see one company introduce it, and if it's being promoted by a component manufacturer and they have a really good sales staff, you'll see it for a year and a couple of devices, but then you'll never see it again. Uh, so right now, I think we're kind of feeling some of that with these in-display fingerprint sensors. From a design standpoint, it's really, really attractive to industrial designers. It means that you don't have to carve out a divot in the back of the phone for this. You don't have to buy a special power switch component that has a built-in fingerprint sensor. It's just appears when you need it, disappears when you don't need it. However, you know, Apple has been copying this. Samsung has been copying this. They're going with a really, really complicated uh, facial uh, uh, facial ID system, meaning enough stuff on the front glass to make it secure, or they're sticking with some sort of a non-transparent in-screen reader. So either that means that, wow, these pixel designers are so on the ball that they're way ahead of the curve. And of course, in two or three years, everybody is going to have... Or this is still early going. It needs a couple more iterations to really work. And or this is as good as it's ever going to get. And this is might be the last Pixel phone that ever uses it. I'm, I'm happy with it. Hmm. Uh, it's working fine for me. But the fact that it's working fine for me doesn't mean it's working fine for everybody. And we have to wait and see how Google reacts to this. Uh, as as usual, just just like we saw the Project Soli scanners on the, on the Pixel 4 and then they decided not to carry those through Pixel 5 say. or Pixel 6. It means that they can't say, wow, was that ever a terrible idea? Uh, I know, Carl, But it wasn't a terrible idea because they ended up integrating it into the Nest Hub. And now it's part of the sleep tracking that it's doing. Right. So they Google will find a way. Yeah. If it doesn't work here, it'll work someplace <laughs> right. else. 
but 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 nonetheless like there's there there's a reason why like the the brand new 2021 macbook pro looks absolutely nothing like the last time they revised it they basically threw out everything that they were bragging about about what makes this device unique and you know what if if the touch bar had been a really a huge success technically and from a user point of view that would have been a standard feature on all MacBooks, but now it's gone. And you can repeat that for so many other things that they did with it. Yes, I'm still gloating because I, I caught so much crap in 2016 when I said that when I wrote that after two months and re- rejecting three different drafts of this thing that I was reviewing for six to seven weeks, I, f- I finally said this is one of the worst computers that a- Apple has ever made. And I caught so much crap for it. And so I was I'm gloating because the 2021 edition is the we're sorry, Andy. You're right. We were wrong. We will never say this outright because we can't. But you know what we're saying here. But that so. But that. But you know what I'm talking about. That's this still new. It's not being adopted by too many phone companies. So the right. question remains open. Maybe this isn't a really great solution to have an in-display optical sensor. Yeah. If uh, anybody is curious, by the way, the suggested screen protectors that you can get for the Pixel Six are from brands including Zag with two G's, OtterBox, uh, which is, that's a $20 screen protector. The Zag, by the way, is $50 for the Pixel 6 <laughs> Pro. And then Panzer Glass is the, uh, I suppose, the cheaper option of the Zag. And so that is what Google suggests you put to protect <laughs> the screen on your Pixels if you would like for it to continue working with the fingerprint scanner. So... Looks expensive, but your it's mileage been completely may solidified. Mm-hmm. Google says it's certified. Mm-hmm. Now, a bug report has been filed to Google's issue tracker. This has to do with the fingerprint scanner, except that it has to do with phones shutting off, turning back on, and then just no fingerprint scanner feature available, and like it just completely disappears from the ether. <laughs> like it just wasn't there to begin with. Yeah, this is this is it's, it hasn't been happening to a lot of people. This the common use case seems to be that you know you know what, what happens sometimes you just don't put your phone back on the charger it goes all the way down to zero and so it shuts itself mm-hmm. down. Oh well, duh, well I'm, aren't I dunderhead? But these people who are been contributing to a very long uh, thread on on Reddit about this, so it's not just a couple of isolated people. So, uh, but after they recharge the phone, of course, you, they, it lights back up again. You have to type in your passcode. But these people are noticing that their in-display scanner is just doesn't exist, like you said. Where what the the way that it works is that in a situation where uh, you wake it up from sleep, you just see this little icon of this tap target for the for the fingerprint sensor that says, "Hey, if you tap here, you don't have to type in your passcode." But it's just not appearing, and so they're thinking, "Oh, that's weird. Let me just see if I oh wow, I've just gone to this place in settings that shows me all the fingerprints that I've enrolled, and it says I haven't enrolled anything." Okay, well, that would explain it. Why it maybe just doesn't think that, I, and so we'll try to re-enroll hmm. fingerprints. And the phone just says, yeah, sorry, that didn't work. Maybe you should try that again. And so essentially, mm-hmm. it's like this phone never had fingerprint reading to begin with. Uh, they filed a... That's a very Windows move, by the way, to just completely <laughs> lose a driver out of nowhere yes. upon restart. <laughs> 
Oh God, yes. <laughs> you're, you're 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 giving me this like this just happened to, to me. Yeah, yeah. This just <laughs> happened to me, so that's I'm it's fresh for me. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Microsoft. I didn't realize that I was responsible for locating and installing the driver for the built-in Ethernet port of the laptop. Mm-hmm. I gave you eighteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. for. I assume that that would have come pre-installed, and that if it needed updating, your operating system would have updated it. That's what it well. sounds like to me. Just like that with the Pixel Six. I mean, <laughs> so yeah. I mean that we don't we don't know what's going on. Uh, they, they the people filed a, an official bug report, uh, and so it's uh, Google has officially acknowledged and registered it. It's kind of significant because um, there are standard like labels at how they rate uh, and, and all like right. uh, quality assurance. Uh, this was defined by Google as P2 in priority, S2 in severity. One would be the highest. Uh, P2 priority oh, means okay. P2 means that it's big enough that Google would have blocked an official release of this feature uh, of the if they'd known about it. Meaning that they would have either Yikes. delayed, they would either have delayed the release of the phone, or they would have simply disabled this feature because it's that bad. S2 severity generally means it severely impairs a major function. And no satisfactory workaround exists. So that's not what you'd call a showstopper, but that's not an inconvenience. So I hope that this means that they'll it, this is given being given a serious level of priority as opposed to what often happens when you buy a brand new phone where, hey, why is there like a kind of a greenish band on the top third of the screen? And they decide that you know what, we're going to sit, we're just going to decide that this is just a normal thing for this type of display and we're not going to fix it. And we're not going to let you trade it back in, but thank you. Enjoy, enjoy your free pixel buds. Goodness. So what's actually been interesting about this whole thing is that I've also seen an uptick in, again, folks asking for that face unlock feature. <laughs> Out of desperation, and please throw us a life ring, please. No, sincerely, sincerely. <laughs> so the uh, fingerprint scanner issues, they started to really on Monday and Tuesday, there were a lot of headlines around them, right? And then I think it was Wednesday, finally, we get this little rumor that comes in through, which is that apparently there is code for face unlock deep within the Pixel 6, or it's somewhere there in the code comment that Google's uploaded to the Android 12 source code, but it's just not live yet, or the kinks haven't been worked out. So there's been a lot of hearsay, a lot of uh, look at this, look at that, to just kind of say, there's face unlock. Google can turn it on yeah. for us, maybe, at some day. They can they, just they, flip yeah, the we, switch. We, we know they're definitely planning on it. The as as we talked about before and had a good laugh over this is this was the absolute had this release has had like the had the the worst security the worst the 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 worst like a uh, rumor control of any major hardware release there was nothing we didn't know about it before it was released and part of all of this right. steamrolling came uh like a couple of weeks before Google's formal announcement a, a, a German carrier German mm-hmm. store sale actually had an ad that someone got a hold of that included, yep. hey, and here are the wonderful features. Imagine me saying this in German. Here are the wonderful features, which include face unlocking. And the uh, a couple of people have had there, – there's an enticing but a little bit unclear uh, uh, report in XDA developers. Uh, Michal Rahman uh, was, says that a source – Formally told, of XDA, by the way. Sorry, by the way. this was I think this was back in July or August or something that this was mm-hmm. printed. But uh, they said that uh, – 
uh, a source had told uh, Michal that uh, they were able to unlock the face, activate the face unlock feature, and it worked, but it wasn't as reliable as Apple's Face ID. Um, I wish that oh, this report had okay. explained. Well, was it installed on actual Pixel pre-release hardware? Yeah. Or was it? Well, we well we found this code and we managed to get this working on a previous Pixel or whatever. I mean, one of the biggest mysteries about this entire story, when even when it was pre-release rumor, is that. But the Pixel Six absolutely definitely doesn't have any of the 3d sensors that uh like the iphone has so that to make face unlock almost impossible to spoof if you're really only using the front facing camera what's stopping somebody from just holding up a, a photo of you and using that to get uh, to, to unlock the, the unlock the phone famously I, I remember being at the uh launch for i forget which version of the samsung galaxy it was but it was the first one that had revolutionary face this. unlock and of course mm-hmm. somebody on, in the demo area simply took a selfie of himself <laughs> with his own personal phone held it up to the face unlock feature camera of the samsung the brand new samsung and bing it unlocked which kind of maybe undermined the argument that this was a good and secure way to unlock your phone. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then there were maelstrom of stories around that after the fact. Now, I've never personally unlocked a phone with a picture of myself, either a paper picture or a digital picture. At the same time, you know... I can kind of understand why people are pleading with Google <laughs> to bring face unlock back. It worked it works really well on the Pixel 5 and I have used it on other devices that are not Android devices just to see how fast it is to log into something and I agree we should probably have face unlock become a standard part. But at the same time when it comes down to it, I feel like we're just fighting over the littlest yeah. Not fighting necessarily, but, you know, we're just picking at the littlest things about these flagship devices. Can, can, can I say that I'm, as someone who, again, spent $1,100 on this phone, True. sight unseen, I am so relieved that, like, we are arguing over, the, the, the worst thing that we find to argue over as a community was, oh, fingerprint unlock isn't working terribly reliable for some users. I was so ready for a repeat of so many other like Google first-generation hardware debacles where, oh, well, we I noticed... I mean, if you read the tweets, they yeah. sound like Google did something terrible and right. know, I mean, it's the end this, of the world here. <laughs> this sounds like something that they can fix. As a matter of fact, another there's everybody is still trying to pick apart the reasons why this face this fingerprint unlock feature is happening a commonality seems to be that at least a lot of the people on reddit are saying that oh well this didn't happen it worked fine until november 5th like the day that i installed that automat that i acknowledged the installation of the security update or Hmm. an update to uh, the the os and maybe there was some bug in that that set things off this this does seem like something that will be and can be fixed in software. You don't have a you you have a much bigger problem when it really Google. I I know that you're saying that you're claiming that your designers included this as a shadow line detail to give the display a little bit of added dimension. It really does look to me, and this person who is a 30-year veteran of display technology agrees with me, that your screen is delaminating and that this the cover is going to be popping off or peeling off sometime in the next three months. 
this doesn't make me happy as someone who just spent $800 on this Pixel 3, or I think it was the Pixel 3. So honest to God, Google does have a lot to build back up when it comes to trust on these issues. If I probably would not have taken a risk with my own money on this phone if I if they didn't have like a, a two week return policy on it, if I didn't have the ability, I don't know if it's, mm-hmm. I can't remember if it's two weeks or a month, but if I didn't have the ability to say that, huh, this could either be my imagination that the screen looks a little bit green, it could be that the adhesives haven't fully cured yet. Even even Apple had that problem with one line of iPhones where it cleared up because they were just rushing this, these things into the boxes so quickly. But I'm not going to take a chance on that. Not for not for eleven hundred dollars. I'm sending this back, getting a refund, and if I have to wait till January, I will wait till January. Or or realistically, if I have to wait two or three weeks for Google to send me a press loaner. Well, gosh darn it, I will do the right thing and I will wait that two and three weeks for Google to give me a press loaner that I can then use until I buy, I buy a phone That's of like my me own. right now. <laughs> well, no, like, that, that, see, that, that's legit. You're, you, you've got a phone that you'll use. You've got a phone that you like. This is just for review purposes. I try, I, try not to, I try not to actually use stuff that I'm being loaned. Like after the review period is over, I have to put it in its box. Even if they don't want it back, it has to go in the box. It has to go into that library shelf that I use. But it's like, why am I spending $1,600 to, to buy a camera when Olympus doesn't even want this back for another five months? Because, Andy, you, 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 like, to, you like to arrogantly claim that you have ethics. <laughs> And that means actually walking. Yeah, can I be honest here? Speaking of ethics, this is not my phone, the one that I'm using right now. It's also a review unit. (laughs) So (laughs) I have been floating between phones lately. I'm not quite sure, not quite sure where to put the money right now. So it is a journey. I'm still not quite fully sold on the foldables. We'll see how this pixel lands with me. And if for some reason, I, I just, I, let's save this I'm because so, I, I want yeah. us to get into it eventually, but we today will. is I, not I, that day. I, I, I suspect that I'm really with you because I so want foldables to be a thing. I hope yeah. that my next phone that I buy yeah. in three years, the technology is so good. It's so reliable. And the prices come down to such a reasonable level that exactly. I won't even consider buying a phone that doesn't fold. I'm yes. so ready for this. And I recognize the privilege that I have being able to like try out phones indefinitely exactly. for until yeah. I can decide, you know, how to use something. But on the plus side, I am getting a lot of experience with these things that nope, I wasn't absolutely. planning on getting. So let's nope. see. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure we need to move forward, but uh, I, I think that tech journalists need to have an ongoing conversation with their audience about getting loaners that they don't have to return in two weeks they can return it in six months sometimes they don't have to send it back at all there is always you can return it in five years like they'll just like use it i my my current record is six years because i thought i'd return i'd actually this is one of those cases where i'd actually liked it so much that i bought one and for some reason, my brain just totally moved on saying, well, no, I've done the right thing. I'm not still using the loaner. I've got this. It went at some – and one of those terrible, terrible things that I sometimes do where I'm not – I just want this counter space back. I don't necessarily want to clean up. I must have thrown it into its original box, thrown that box into a larger cardboard box of other things, and it fell into the back of my closet. They never asked about it. 
and I, they never followed up on it. They continued to have a really good relationship with me, and I had to do that really embarrassing thing like, yeah, remember that thing you loaned me six years ago that you stopped making three years ago? Hey, glad to say that I'm done with it now, and I'd like to send it back to you. Um, but but, but what, what I'm getting at is that it's, it's a conversation that needs to be active and ongoing. However, there's always a uh, – it's okay if there's a benef- the benefit to the reader that – I absolutely have had experience with eight, nine, ten different phones that came up this year. Or in the case of a phone that I'm allowed to keep for a long time, uh, it's okay that I, if I want to say, wait a minute, didn't the Samsung Galaxy uh, S7 have the same problem? If it's still in my library, I can pull it out of my library and compare it to, yeah, but it's not as bad as what it was the last time. So at least they've made an improvement on that score. But yeah, as as long as you're open that's that's job number one and everything else is a discussion hashtag we're just doing our best but until our that pixel six gets right here <laughs> next week just check on with us next week let's take a quick break and when we get back we'll talk about some interesting things happening elsewhere in google Well, Google has started testing its new Project Relate, and this is a new accessibility feature that is going to benefit folks with speech impairments. Now, this is pretty interesting. So Android's built-in speech recognition, it was trained with millions of hours of sample speech, but as all algorithms go, the sampling is only so widespread and is actually quite limited. Uh, And of course, this sampling in this case was covering only a range of typical speech, which doesn't help folks who actually have speech impairments. So Google is inviting those users to come help test and provide feedback on their new Relate app. It's only for English-speaking users. Now, each user recites a list of at least 500 training phrases, which the app then uses to customize Android's speech recognition model to that user. So pretty interesting. Uh, And then once that's trained, the app can act as a go-between for the user and the Google Assistant. Kind of sounds like uh, Google Translate. Kind of. I mean, it really, the, the more that I thought about this today, the real, the more it hit me how important it is to correct this sort of omission. Um, it's it's not a trivial uh, trivial thing. We're not talking about uh, uh, we're we're not talking about um, more typical speech impediments, which include stuttering, lisps, uh, not ha- not positioning your tongue correctly. We are talking about people who have had uh, a large, significant injury to their vocal apparatus, people with diseases like muscular dystrophy, which makes speech uh, a, a very, very different concept uh, to, to to make happen. And when you think about how many times, all the things that I use the Google Assistant for, it's things like, you know, hey, Guillermo, uh, set an appointment for tomorrow at 4 p.m. or I'll be using this, uh, or I'll say, hey, turn off all the lights or I'll be I'll want to dictate something instead of typing on the keyboard. Those are all really great conveniences to me. I really enjoy them. Uh, they save me. Uh, they save me a few steps. They save me uh, extra taps and clicks. When you think about people who might have uh, other uh, differences with how they have to interact with their technology, saving them some taps of the screen, saving them uh, uh, some steps to a, to a light fixture, that's not just a convenience. That is uh, that is a very, very empowering thing. And uh, as if we need a better reason to do this than if a feature is available to some users, it needs to be available to all users. And 
I'm very, very glad. We, we, we give Google a hard time for all the things that we need to give Google a hard time for. One thing I really enjoy about Google, and you, you, you mentioned this at the very, very top, when they mention research that they're doing uh, to uh, aid users with disabilities, a lot of companies will say, oh, and we've opened this new, we've created this new $100,000 research grant for this, that, or the other, mm-hmm. and you never hear about it again. They started talking about this type of technology three or four years ago. And now, clearly, they've been continuing to develop it for, for for years after that. And now the next step in that research is we don't have a product that we can put in the Google Play Store or fold into Android yet. However, we've got it working enough that we can invite people to help us test and develop this. It's not just uh, – uh, it's not just help us figure out how this app works, but also tell us where it's falling down. Tell us features that you wish that this had or ways in which we just don't seem to have a clue as to how this thing should be set up. Um, because this is this is one of those times where you you feel as though Google is uh, doing some good stuff. Uh, in addition to the things that you absolutely don't tolerate and you absolutely think are completely sketchy. And if, by the way, if you'd like to read some of the interesting good stuff that Google's done with its Pixel 6 smartphone, uh, I do want to just quickly share a link in the show notes for an article that posted at Gizmodo this week, which was on the Pixel 6 accessibility features as uh, used by a person with disabilities who actually would stand to benefit from these particular features. So I will link that in the show notes. Anybody yep. who's interested in reading that, that that's first terrific. account. That's absolutely terrific. I, I've, I have so, I have, uh, uh, I have users who have disabilities who are also tech journalists. Uh, they're, those bookmarks are so valuable because what do I know if this is actually useful or not? And so yeah. we need people who are not only familiar with how they use the technology, but they know how other people use to, uh, use this technology. Um, and uh, uh, again, this looks this looks good to me. Uh, in addition to the Google Assistant features, it can also uh, help the user communicate with other people uh, just by mm-hmm. do just by common voice uh, to voice to text features that uh, that uh, have been available to uh, to Android for for quite a while. Uh, so one feature again within this uh, this project relate app is that uh, what you say will then just simply be uh, translated into text, which then you can show to some somebody else. You also uh, it also has a feature where it will repeat what you just said using built in Android's built in synthetic uh, voices, which has more typical speech, so it can help uh, the user communicate with other people more effectively. Um, again, all of this stuff is through the app, so it's not as though it trains a speech model that will then simply enhance all Android features everywhere. Uh, we can hope that this will be somehow rolled into uh, uh, rolled into Android proper. It is significant that uh, the, I wish they put some extra details in the blog post. I, I you you sign up for this by going to uh, Google's uh, link uh, shortener g dot co slash project relate all is one word and there there's like a small questionnaire and a form to fill out where they explain this in a little bit greater detail. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, outside of the blog post, uh, inside this form, you learn that, yes, you're training it with 500 phrases that might take you an hour or more to complete. Also, that uh, it's obviously not being crunched on device because uh, it says that it might take a couple of days for the features that we uh, describe in the Relate app to actually become alive. 
uh, and that certainly means that it's being sent up to a server and that server code is crunching it. Maybe even considering that they are uh, being very, very cautious about adding people to this test at a rate that they can accommodate, it's possible that they even have human beings that are guiding the process of taking these voice samples and turning it into a working voice model so we don't know what's going on behind the curtain uh, but this is clearly and this is clearly a first step but uh it is really really cool stuff it's the, it's the sort of stuff that really 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 like before to, earlier today i was preparing the show docs for uh, uh npr tomorrow in boston and i already i, I really wanted to talk about like how the the that really good pixel camera feature you know, the magic eraser where you circle something and it just mm-hmm. disappears and i was looking forward to it I even like prepared like little videos so that like the two like daily hosts would see what i was describing uh, talking about because i knew that their reactions would be really really cool but as soon as this was released i think it was actually announced today was it uh thursday or, or at, at the latest yesterday i'm like oh but this will have People can. There are people who need, who can really benefit from this, who that are very, very invested in this kind of technology. That I would much rather them have that link like a week earlier, uh, because this is this is the sort of stuff that technology should be doing. You should. I, I always, yeah. I always keep coming back to the twelve thousand dollar solid gold gadget watch that Apple put out, and saying that this is not what technology is supposed to be doing. This is just a stupid gold gadget for people who have no idea of what technology could and should be doing. Whereas this is an example of things that technology is capable of doing that engineers ideally, aspirationally, would be spending most of their time on. And anecdotally, I will say that folks who in my life who have bought the Pixel 6, a lot of them are really praising the dictation features. Um, It's, you know... There's just something about not having to type out what you're thinking and trying to relay onto the screen. It's just something about being able to completely dictate your thoughts and feelings without that stop gap. I've had had the exact same experience that a lot of reviewers have uh, have reported that it works so well and I – uh, I can speak so naturally that I'm using it a lot more than I used to on any previous phone because uh, because of the, the on-device model is so good that all I have to do is speak and it works. I don't have to speak like this. As, as, as I've come to put it, I don't have to speak to my phone as though I'm a parent who wishes to communicate to their misbehaving child that if they test me even one bit more than they're testing right now, there Andy, will be consequences and you will not enjoy those consequences. Too, flying too close to the sun for me right now. <laughs> it's, too, it's too much. There's a, there's a reason why you give your child a middle name and that's because just, you need the them minute, to know when you're really upset with them. The minute, the minute they come into this world, you just somehow that voice just turns on like... Andrew like Elizabeth Anatko, if you do not Get that room clean to my standards by tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> my exactly. middle name is not Elizabeth. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's um, we're going to take a very, very quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about Chromebooks. Well, if you're holding out for a new Pixelbook next year, 
you're going to have to keep on waiting because <laughs> apparently it's not happening. Now, nothing has been officially confirmed. And I did reach out to Google to see if I could just get some sort of official, like, I don't know, just throw me a bone here. You know, can, can, can I can I just say that those of us who are doing the waiting for Godot thing, hoping for a Pixel watch, we are the ones who have sympathy for people who are hoping for a new Pixel Chromebook. <laughs> Because so oh, I dudes. still have my Pixel, my Pixel book right here. I have a little desk cubby, yep. and the desk cubby is all the things that I need access to. I've got my camera in there, et cetera, et cetera, and I've got the Pixel book just shoved in the back over there. But it's me too. It's me not too. charged. It was a, we were speaking earlier of times where I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, I'm liking this too much. I'm gonna have to buy it. All I mean, right. we did a whole bonus episode yeah. of Material yep. Podcast where we wiped our. Chromebooks, just to kind of you know, pixel books, right? Again, the the ones maybe these are. I mean, these are awesome little machines. They are like they're 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 not like two hundred fifty dollar. We made this system on a chip that can sort of run a browser if you don't have more than. Two and I'm starting to realize, open. by the way, those two hundred fifty dollar little like laptop browser thingies, they function like little two hundred fifty dollar <laughs> laptop browser thingies. Yeah. Like they are, they're it, they're designed to run Google between, Docs and almost nothing else. Yes. And I know that the processor that we had inside the pixel book that we're talking about, let's see, this was um, la la seventh generation core Intel core processors. Intel That's what we're working with here. Yep. We're now on 11th gen, by the way, for those just wondering how old the pixel book is at this point. And I'm talking about the original pixel book, the one that came after the Chromebook pixel yeah. and before the Pixel Slate, and before the Pixel Book Go, we had the perfect, arguably the most perfect Chromebook Google has ever made, <laughs> which is the Pixel Book. It can it runs it runs Linux just fine. It's perfectly capable of running mm -hmm. Windows ten. It does Android Studio, which that was how Google debuted that ability. Beautiful, beautiful touchscreen, but also stylus support. I mean, this would mm -hmm. be a top spec Windows machine. And and still thin and light yes. and almost almost as as easy to tote around as an iPad. Absolutely lightest laptop. So all these Lock great things, right? We want Google to remake this for the new generation of users, for the next batch of people that are coming into the fold. And there were rumors, oh, they're gonna be working on their own chips. So naturally they're gonna be working on chips for Chromebooks, right? Eh -eh. That's wrong. <laughs> Again, none of this is verified, like truly fully verified, except for the fact that it comes from the mouth of a Googler. So Trusted Reviews actually attended a press event that was being thrown by Qualcomm. And while they were there, they saw Google's Chris Solaki, a manager of the Chrome OS retail partnership for UK and South, South Africa, say a little note about the future of Pixelbooks. Uh, she said, quote, next year, being 2022, there won't be anything coming in the future. I don't know. That's it. That's the quote. That's yeah, what she, we got. She was asked to about. She didn't did, did, like plant her feet, <laughs> plant her feet, put, put her hands heroically on her hips and say, I declare there will be no pixel books in 2022. And beyond that, I have no information. Return to your cocktail hour. It was like they asked her about it, and she said, eh, "Nothing in 2022." After that, yeah. who knows? She did. She didn't rule out anything uh, right. in 2023, but she didn't say that. Oh, it's dead, dead, dead. <laughs> so, but again, don't. Yeah. <laughs> if if you got a thousand dollars taped to the underside of your desk, waiting for a new Pixel Book, 
Maybe put that. Maybe don't rent. tape it under there. That's not a good place to hide money. Just FYI, um, there are better places to store money. Well, not now that I've banks. told everybody where I hide my money. Damn. It. Yeah, Andy, that's kind of on you. Um, <laughs> I will say, if you're still using a Pixel Book now, this <laughs> beautiful laptop was released in 2017, but. Thankfully, you've still got another two years to go for security and OS updates for Chrome OS. So you can still hold on to it if you want to. I will say you will notice some performance disparities between it and, let's say, like a more recently made laptop. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not... You will still... There is still a snappiness to the Pixelbook versus one of those older Chromebooks that I have tested Let's just say yeah. one of, excuse me, one of the low end Chromebooks, I want to say that I have tested, not older. So the ones with the like Pentium, you know, the yeah. sub core processors as Media well. Tech. <laughs> I, I don't think I've actually used a Chromebook with MediaTek. Yeah. I don't think I have. I actually haven't tested one yet. Just and, as and, an aside. In, inside baseball to listeners, MediaTek is like the one ply toilet paper of like CPUs that you find. In, they have like, some pretty impressive stuff devices. overseas, but not in the U.S. Yeah, yes, exactly. in the U.S., <laughs> the the it's one ply. Correct. It's, the three it's, ply it's, is safe for, for it's for book readers that can almost play videos, and that's about it. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not surprised to hear this news. I am a little relieved that we kind of have this in the news cycle right now because I was wondering if we were ever going to get an update to this. But if you look at the Chromebook market right now, which I have been looking at because I've been writing about it this week, it's kind of slowing down, especially with at the start of the pandemic, everybody was forced to do at-home schooling. Parents were not prepared for it in a multitude of ways, especially here in the U.S. and uh, in the U.K. as well and in Western Europe. And so Chromebooks were flying off the shelves, low-end laptops. Everybody was buying them to get their kid to have something to, you know, attend school with. So you don't have to share like the one family laptop with three different kids. Exactly. Everyone now needs to have their own because they have to be in three different classes at the same time. Exactly. And it was cheaper to just go and like buy the low end one, just get everybody their own webcam and keyboard, essentially. But that demand has really died down, which is why it was interesting because this week I covered the news of Microsoft's uh, re-entry into the education market with their uh, $250 Surface laptop, which a little too little too late because if you think about like the Chromebook duet from Lenovo was doing really well and then we've got I think HP had a education tinged Chromebook that sold really well and so there's been a lot of these sleeper hits but again it was because it was driven out of pure necessity and now that things are slowing down it makes sense that Google would not be pumping all this money into that particular hardware lineup especially with what they've been trying to do with the Pixel really try we were just talking we spent so much time talking about this fingerprint sensor because <laughs> it is it is a symptom of something greater that Google's trying to do with its hardware division i would say from an outsider's perspective that their nest division seems to me to be on really stable footing because it's still here it's still such a powerful brand and we've all, you know, we've got all these new models that have come out, all these upgrades. They're um, completely recalibrating how they do their Nest Aware subscription and all that. 
So you just see this like massive overhauling of Google's hardware divisions. And so it makes sense that they would slow down on something that it just is not a priority anymore. They sold all the Pixel Book Go's that they could. They sold out of the slates to the people who wanted them. And now they're just, I feel that they're probably just getting rid of that inventory and letting Acer, Asus, HP, Lenovo handle the Chromebook sales. Yeah. And on top of everything else, it's especially with the market contracting, they would have a lot of really uncomfortable meetings with Samsung and HP and Dell. If they said, oh, by the way, we're also going to be one of your big competitors. We're going to be promoting that we're putting features into our hardware that we're not making available to anybody else. There's, they, they have that problem as well, even with the Pixel phones. But the market is big enough and they're small, they're small enough and their identity as a phone is unique enough that – People mm-hmm. who like Samsung are not going to change for a, a Pixel film. There are things they like about their Samsung and vice versa. But yeah, they don't. They, they would have. There would have to be one hell of an upside for them to want to get back into that market and to basically challenge these companies for the highest mark, the the the, the highest uh, price, probably highest margin uh, devices out there. This was remember this was I think the cheapest Pixel book was like eight hundred dollars. It was like typically like a thousand dollar brand. He was six hundred actually, and that was okay. with the Core M three. Right, remember was, they were yeah. pushing that chip. Yeah, that or was that, that was with no yes. air conditioner, no air conditioning in the factory stereo, but a practical version of it would have been like eight hundred or nine hundred dollars. And realize that when you're selling a two hundred fifty dollar notebook, even if it all it does is run Chrome in two tabs that's still razor thin margins because there's a minimum that it costs to get those components and have those put together by a factory. Uh, so yeah, they, they, they don't need the kind of trouble by saying, Hey, we're going to enter your most profitable market. Thank you for your support over the years. Now we'll take over from here. It's war. <laughs> Listen, folks, we're actually right around the corner from CES. Don't talk to me about hardware wars right now. Okay. It's, yeah, I'm not going to be there in person and I'm already I'm already anticipating the maelstrom. <sighs> until then. Until then, we're going to head into hibernation. Uh we're going to round out this episode by saying a huge thank you to everybody for just being here every week. Really appreciate you. We're also going to have a big thanks to our editor Jim for reasons you don't know about because Jim has done such a great job editing Precisely. This. <laughs> you have they're, they're- no idea. There, there, there are times where there are times where uh, a confluence of things, including it's we record at the end of the day. One of the reasons why I record at the end of the day is that this is sort of like our like work reward that we get to enjoy this. Thank God. All I got to do for the rest of the day is just enjoy this 90 minute conversation with my friend. Uh, but also we enjoy the conversation so much that. Hey, let's have, let's have like a fifteen minute conversation about like why Side I really combo. wish there were like a Netflix documentary about that painter of light artist guy, <laughs> and then we that ends with oh sorry Jim I know you're gonna have to cut that out I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh my goodness, everyone, please! Every time Jim sends us a uh, copy of our public of our podcast is ready to publish i'm going to continue to send that uh gif of wayne's world we're not worthy because it's <laughs> i just say that every time in my head every episode that we get that's ready for, to publish thank you jim um i by the way have another podcast that I'm 
doing <laughs> besides this one. Just very quickly wanted to tell you about Gadgets. That's my podcast on Gizmodo, the Gizmodo network of podcasts, which includes one podcast. No, I don't. <laughs> I made that part up. But no, sincerely, please check out Gadgets. We got episode three up this week. Uh, we talked about smartphones. So if you want to go hear about how uh, Caitlin, my co-host, tried to talk me away from Android phones, tried to entice me over with that iPhone 13 Pro portrait ability. Mm. Yeah, not <laughs> happening. Not happening. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great podcast. I've been enjoying it a lot. Thank you, Andy. Andy, what have you got going on this week? Well, as I hinted at uh, tomorrow, uh, as usual, I've got uh, NPR. I'm on WGBH uh, Boston. Uh, and by the time you listen to this, you probably can't stream it live. Uh, but if you go to WGBHnews.org, as usual, you can stream it later on at your convenience because they usually post both the entire three-hour like news and current affairs shows uh, to the to the site they also tend to clip out my section and put it out so you can get at it directly so i advise you to, to do that because it's it's fun it's kind of like the lightning round of a lot of different sh- uh, podcasts that i do because it's only about a half hour you only get about five minutes per topic so this is this is where this is where i do tell myself that okay i know that right now you're thinking of thomas kincaid the the painter of light i urge you as your internal voice andy not to divert the topics into that because we only have so much time whereas on the material podcast you can mention that because you had forgotten the name of thomas kincaid uh you had to remind yourself of it and you found a website in which apparently the pr end of the business has been taken over by his brother patrick kincaid who has learned you to really spin the same web mm, of bs mm, as his mm. brother <laughs> Uh, As a painter of light, my brother's work impacted millions. I'm very proud of him. And this this work provides comfort and a sense of home. And the people who enjoy his work are forever touched. And if you enjoyed that quote, it is available as a limited edition quilt. Wouldn't you want your family to love you enough that they grift for you? After you're gone, come on, Andy. That's pure love. You gotta, you gotta hand it to him. It's, it's more like, hey. I know he's dead, but he did live behind this machine where if all I do is crank this really easy to crank handle, it just spits out hundreds of thousands of dollars like every single. So all I got to do is keep turning this handle. Wow. I I can turn this handle. I mean, it sounds to me like he figured out the game. There you go. (laughs) Don't don't hate that. But I even for all that, I do not hate the player. I simply hate the game. Precisely. Precisely. Uh, now we need to remind you before we officially go that you can email us, as we mentioned earlier, materialpodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit us relay.fm slash material. And uh, that's where you can get our show notes and a look at past episodes. And of course, if you'd like to become a subscriber, relay.fm slash membership, we'd really appreciate you. And before we go, we're going to tell you why Andy is currently cracking up behind the mic. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> now, now I'm, I'm going to have to give you the URL to this. <laughs> so I, 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 again, get that information page on uh, Thomas Kincaid. <laughs> so they're advertising there. Oh, and now we have this new um, uh, licensing deal with Disney. And now here's the new painting, this. Mickey and Minnie's Sweetheart Campfire by Thomas Kincaid Studios. And so it's just Mickey and Minnie sitting on a log in front of this roaring, fi- roaring like campfire outside this quaint little cottage which is not funny in and of itself but then my brain said 
<laughs> so, well, of course, it's not it's not firewood. It's the bodies of Warner Brothers cartoon characters, <laughs> which is kind of dark. My attitude towards Disney corporate like content wow. is like, no, that's definitely their thought that if we don't we don't own this IP, this IP is our enemy and must be crushed and killed. Okay, if you made it to the end of the podcast, if you heard that, <laughs> you deserve. We're you at, deserve I'm sorry. We're in an odd gem. mood, folks. I'm sorry. I'm in an odd. <laughs> I'm an odd person. I can't. I can't defend that. I absolutely can't defend that. <sighs> you know what? I'm. I, I was gonna have. I was gonna go out to a diner for breakfast tomorrow before uh, before my uh, my show on GBH. I am going to deliberately order instead of the side of baked beans with this really wonderful pulled pork on top of a uh, on top of a cornbread uh, uh, waffle that they have as, as a brunch special. Mm. I'm gonna get the fruit cup, which I really don't like. Because they usually have that weird like green melon that nobody enjoys. <laughs> Instead of the baked beans, which I should be having as a side dish for a cornbread waffle with pulled pork on the top. Oh, God. This Mickey Minnie, by the way, sweetheart, it's a lot. All right. It's, go it's, go it's, Google it's a, it's it. It's a meal it's in and of just, itself. It's, just go find it. I'm not linking it. Go find it. Go find it. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. And until then. We're sorry. We're <laughs> sorry.